I want to take a quick second to say thank you. Thank you to all of you tuning in, to those of you that have been supporting this podcast since the beginning. Your love and continued support means the world to me. And you know what I would love more than anything is if you could share this podcast with your friends and family and anyone that you think would get something out of it. By being able to give this to more people helps the podcast out, helps me be able to keep creating this for you. So make sure you're subscribed so you get all the new episodes each and every week, as well as if you could leave a review you letting me know why you listen and what you love about the podcast, that would be amazing. Welcome back, guys. You are in for a treat this week. I have Nina from Passion Squared here. And if you don't know who she is already, oh my goodness, keep listening because you don't want to miss this episode. Nina is one of the most amazing human beings. She has an awesome empowerment business online, which you'll hear all about. And I just could go on and on, but I don't want to spoil our interview. So I won't go on and on and we'll get right to it. You're listening to the Anxious Creative Podcast, episode 24. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. Okay, I'm excited to welcome Nina from Passion Squared to the podcast. Welcome, Nina. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you for having me. It's so cool to be on the other side <laughs> of the uh, podcast situation. Yeah. So I'm super honored and grateful. Uh, and uh, thank you. I, When I first started this podcast, you were one of the first people that came to mind because you've been such an inspiration for me to own my anxiety as a creative. <laughs> um, and well, before we get too much into it, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, let us know a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm a, um, a creative, anxious creative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, uh, I've been in the beauty business for about 30 years mm-hmm. and, uh, I get to empower the people that I love every day through my company, Passion Squared. We, um, coach creative entrepreneurs, yeah. primarily in the professional beauty space and, uh, yeah, I've had my my struggles, as you know, and uh, I'm a former executive, a, mm-hmm. a recovering workaholic, mm-hmm. and uh, perfection recovering perfectionist. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I've got two amazing dogs. Yeah, Faith encouraged Jude. I live in the magical town of Eugene, Oregon, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, about me. Awesome. Well, I wanted to get quickly into how we, fir- well, we met online first, but the first time, I feel like this is such a good story to tell. We met on the internet. Yeah, we met on the internet. Uh, and I think it was through Constance Robbins, who we had connected, and she's like, why don't you come down to LA? And I was like, well, Nina's having a class, so I just signed up. I was like in the height of my anxiety in my personal life and my business. I had just moved cities and things like that. And I don't think I fully recognized where I was at, but it was at your class that I pretty much cried from start to end. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't get it together. And you were being so inspiring, but I was like, oh my God, I see. Like it was just resounding so much. So, not that I want to get you to tell that whole story, but could you give like a Coles Note version of a little bit of of your story? Cause that was so touching. Well, you know, it, 
and I, I, I will never forget that day. <laughs> and I loved that you came and it took a lot of courage to yeah. take that step. And, um, yeah, I was so grateful that you did. And so, um, mm. you know, you know, now that that was like, obviously a breakthrough was in the making for you and it's amazing. But, you know, I, I had a pretty, uh, I didn't know I had anxiety until 2007 mm-hmm. uh, because I have disassociative disorder of, of, of several mental illnesses. Um, disassociative disorder, I came to find out, is kind of like the ability to just live as many lives as you need right. or see fit in order to protect yourself from you know trauma and blah, blah, blah. So my workaholism kept me from my anxiety. Mm. So even though there were a lot of signs along the way, of course, you know, looking back, I, I did not become debilitated until after I actually, um, put myself into treatment in 2007 because I had a total nervous breakdown and was planning my suicide. Mm. It was really, really, Mm. really dark. And so upon, um, you know, going through that initial discovery of who the fuck am I and what's going on yeah. and why do I want to die and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I I came out of that with this immense anxiety and panic disorder. And it was really scary because I was medicated for it, which mm-hmm. I knew better because I don't do well on medication mm-hmm. of any kind because I have been medicated on and off my whole life, um, not by choice. And so I was very um, open because I was told that I needed to be open and listen to the experts. And um, so I was being given all these medications. And, and what happened is those medications made me suicidal. Oh, wow. So I was again in kind of the same space a year later saying, I want to die, blah, blah, blah. And so I finally, um, I come from a family of medical doctors and I have a great therapist, but, um, I, I, when I would go into the hospital, um, for these panic attacks, they, they thought I was a drug addict, which I wasn't. And they thought that uh, I was crazy, which I kind of was. And they wanted to like admit me to like the insane ward, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, whoa, 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 I've already been there. Like, <laughs> I already put myself there. So that's yeah. not like, let, can we get to the root of the problem? And, and, and they couldn't. And so it really was, um, it, it's really been an, an incredible journey and an incredible process that ultimately one of the primary reasons I left my career of 25 years, mm-hmm. I, was a, a vice president of marketing and, and education for a global hair care company and had been with them my whole life since beauty school. And uh, it, it, it got to a point where I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. And, you know, it, it, was, it was really scary because it was my life. It was mm. my identity. It was my friends. It was my tribe. It was everything. And I never, ever, ever thought in my life that I would not be in that company, you know, in that role doing what I actually did love to do for a very long time. And, and so, I mean, talk about debilitating. I had to leave my job because of my anxiety and, and what I, what I realized in that is that for me, and this is a really tough pill for many to swallow. 
Um, and it was for me too, but, but for me, a lot of the anxiety was being caused by being so out of purpose mm. and so out of alignment with purpose. Yeah. And when I stepped away and took some time, and I'm talking about time, a few years mm -hmm. to really kind of settle into what the fuck am I doing here? Why yeah. am I here? Why am I still alive? All of those things. Um, that's really, you know, kind of around the development and birthing a passion squared. So, you know, I, I still have anxiety today. I mean, I share that freely and openly um, through the passion squared pages on, on Instagram and Facebook and through blogs and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's manageable and it doesn't keep me from, um, living and, um, and, and I'm super fucking grateful for that because for a while there, I wasn't sure yeah. that I could, um, live a normal this is the wrong word. Cause what the fuck is normal? But I mean, live fully, whatever that meant, right. you know? Right. And I mean, I still have my moments, but I've learned what my triggers are. I've learned how to feel safe and take care of myself in the event that I have a meltdown. Um, I've had several since I've been here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, I, a dream come true that turned into just one continued fucking panic attack. Yeah, I was good. that's uh, one of my questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> been there, moved to cities. So, it's exciting, right. but holy it's so fuck. so exciting and so so scary. Well, yeah. I don't know if I've ever said thank you for that, that, that class that we had because, and I don't know if I've ever told you this either, but when I, I resounded so much with what you said and I saw so much of myself in your story. And I remember um, getting picked up at the airport, coming back from LA and telling my boyfriend about that weekend and started to cry. And I'm going to try not to cry while I tell you this. But crying, because I said when you told your story and you told your story about admitting yourself into the hospital, my initial emotion was jealousy. Mm. But I, I was at that point, ooh, <laughs> and it scared me, and I didn't know what to do. And I don't know, like, it was just so, like, divine intervention or whatever we right. want to call it that I that I, that Constance invited me, that I came, that I booked that, that I was, yeah, cried myself through that. <laughs> I don't cry in front <laughs> of people. That's like a huge control thing for me. I cry just mm. not in front of people. But the fact that I cried through that whole class was humbling for me. Um, and it, it made something click and it made me realize that I needed to get myself in order and, and figure it out. And instead of trying to control it, just maybe walk through it. So right. thank you. Oh, I love you. Um, you talk so much <laughs> about mental health in your business. And mm -hmm. so I know because your business is such a personal brand, but was that a very conscious thing that you did was to have it be a part of your business? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't do it any other way because business doesn't interest me. Right. Pe people do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I really felt that of course it's evolved over time, but I, I really felt that passion squared is about ex exponential empowerment. And, and it, you know, when the company started, it was really solely focused around the social and digital web because at the time, um, you know, 
creative small businesses in particular, the professional salon industry was still the Facebook's a fad, you know, type Mm -hmm. of a thing. So, you know, I definitely saw an opportunity to help people understand the power of the internet. Um, but even in, even with that, I, I knew that if our insides are fucked up, you know, you can like read a book and take a class and it, it's probably not going to work too well for you right? because you're not right, you know? And so I, I realized that I could take my experience, um, my, my personal empowerment experience and something that I've always been passionate about. Mm-hmm. I found a paper I had written in high school that said that I wanted to be a therapist. Oh, and you kind of are. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I, I play one on the internet, that's totally. for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely knew that if I was going to live authentically and, and build an authentic brand, that it would have to be infused with personal development. Mm-hmm. And, and I truly do believe that as the person develops, the business develops. And totally. um, that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in, like, I certainly like understand business very well. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a time and place for spreadsheets, but the spreadsheet won't help you if you are, you know, if you have low self-worth, if you having, you know, anxiety, if you are codependent, if you're a perfectionist, mm-hmm. if you deal with all that stuff, if you're, if you lack boundaries, you know, all those things that are required to mm-hmm. just be a healthy human or what Brene Brown calls a wholehearted human living a wholehearted life, then you got to deal with that shit eventually. Totally. And I think so many people in the beauty industry or just creatives in general attach so much of their worth to their work. And for people who do that, what, what advice or what, what words of wisdom do you have for them? (laughs) Well, I, (laughs) I I think there's, you know, there, there's a difference between like the pride of, of creation, right. Mm -hmm. And and pride of ownership and pride of making something and, and making it significant. I think where that, you know, the difference between self-esteem and other esteem, receiving steam from outside, which is not real. Mm. Um, I, I think, I think honestly, it goes back to really getting clear on purpose Mm-hmm. And really getting clear on audience. I mean, it's gonna, you know, now we're turning into a little brand class, but right, yeah. it, it really, it really does does do that because anytime I ever feel at just any type of angst or or I feel a little out of alignment or I begin to judge uh, myself, uh, my content, my quality, whatever you know, mm-hmm. whatever I'm creating, mm-hmm. uh, usually it's because I I I'm looking I'm looking. Um, outside of the core audience that we serve at passion squared. And, um, the minute, the minute, um, I catch myself kind of moving in that, that, um, I I wish that everyone would love me thing. Mm -hmm. It's so it's such bullshit. So it's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, that's not what I'm, who, who am I creating this for? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the same with like presentations. You know, people ask a lot about, you know, how do you not be nervous on presentations and how, and it's the same thing. It's like, who are you here to serve? Who are you here to serve? If you focus on who you are serving, then everything subsides because you see the impact and, and, and the, your purpose for being here mm-hmm. is to serve and, and, and lift up those in your care. And so then it changes. It's no longer self-centered. Yeah. 
you know, and me, 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 you know, it's now focused on who you're here to serve. And so to me, that's kind of that kind of that realignment question Mm -hmm. is who am I here to serve? Oh yeah, that's right. You know, now where it gets troublesome and this happens a lot in the beauty industry, especially on Instagram. (laughs) What was that? Instagram? What's that? No. (laughs) Is this, this, this never ending comparison popularity contest. And so my advice for that is it's pretty simple. And I'll sound like a broken record because I, I'm, I pretty much am say the same shit over and over and over. Um, the more time you spend looking at other people, the less time you have to spend doing your shit. And that, Mm -hmm. I mean, we just don't have time. Like, look at, like, look at your life and and everyone's like, I'm so busy. I don't have time. Oh, I hate that. Stop looking at everybody else's shit and just focus on, focus on, you know, how you can add value and lift up those in your care. So, I mean, it it all kind of comes back to that, but you know, the literal in the literal sense, then just stop, just stop looking outward because it's really, really, really distracting. And it keeps you safe because the longer we sit here looking at others, we don't have to create. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to, as that Brene Brown shares in Daring Greatly, that Theodore Roosevelt quote about being in the arena, the Daring Greatly quote, Mm -hmm. it's like, you, it, you, if you're in the arena, you don't have time to look outside. Right. Yeah. And if you're in the arena, fuck everybody else. That's not, and that's not the way the quote goes. I'll read, <laughs> I will read the quote though yeah. when appropriate and maybe it's appropriate now. You want me to, yeah, I'd love to hear my, it because I, it's my theme. It's my theme right now because, um, I'm in the middle of reading daring greatly and, um, I, my thing that I always say is I remember I hated track and field growing up, but I remember them teaching us that when you were running to look straight forward in your lane, because if you turn your head to see where everyone else is at, it's going to slow you down. And I think that's the same in really? everything else, yeah. right? I love that. Okay. This is Theodore Roosevelt. And this is, this is inspired by, of course, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. It's called the man in the arena. I like to call it the human in the arena, yeah. but you know, it's <laughs> 2018. Okay. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, Mm. whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Isn't that the truth? Wow. I love that because you know what? Yes. Failure is inevitable. Every day. Right? But our ego, it's so hard. Our ego just like comes up and smacks us in the face and all that negative self-talk and, and all of that. And, and I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like it all, it happens to all of us, but where the growth comes in is in, how do I, how do I shift that focus? I'm doing that headspace meditation. Oh yeah. I'm on 15. Cause you know, as an anxious creative having multiple meltdowns in the last several weeks, I, you know, desperate 
times desperate measures, whatever they say, yeah. whatever that saying is. So, um, I've been trying to calm the fuck down <laughs> and, uh, in, in, in the headspace, um, app, which I love and highly recommend. I'm only on day 15. So I'm not an expert. I'm not a meditation coach. I'm not any of those mm-hmm. things. Uh, I'm just a, a consumer of, so he was saying, he's been saying the guy who guides the meditation that it's not the thoughts, it's the fighting of the thoughts. Oh, right. You know what I mean? And so stop fighting. Like they're going to come and go. They're going to come and go. They're going to come and go. And it's like, okay, I'm feeling super comparative right now. I'm feeling like super mm-hmm. less than right now. Okay. All right. So what do I need to do? Oh, okay. I need to step away from the car <laughs> and get back on purpose and yeah. get back in alignment. And wh- whatever, however I'm going to do that. Could be go for a walk, take a nap unplug, whatever, you know, whatever, go do a live and serve your people, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do. And, and so that's all we're looking for is that awareness. So we don't go down the rabbit hole. I love it. Yeah. I love his analogy. I did the headspace like 10 free days or whatever, like three years Uh ago. And then I signed up for it and never used it, but I should, but I liked his one analogy about, I think it was like picture a boat going along the stream and like acknowledge its existence. So acknowledge your thoughts and then let them keep going instead of trying to keep it there. And every time, like I'll kind of visualize it and see like this boat and I try to stop it. And I'm like, no, let the stream keep taking it. Keep taking yeah, it. Yeah, he talks about clouds and blue skies too. And it's yeah. like when the, there's you know, there's so all these little things that are like, yeah, okay, I, yes, this happened, or or yes, I'm feeling this way. Um, and it's kind of how I deal with anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, it's it's really the same type of process. It's like, okay, what's happening? Okay, what am I gonna do? Yeah, like, and I'll try multiple things, whether it's do I need to eat some protein? Do I need right. to throw on some meditation music or rap music? Do I need to make a phone call? Do I need to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that definitely helps. And then sometimes it gets so bad that it's like, I need to put myself to bed. Right. Yeah. And just call it a right. day. Totally. And, and that's okay too. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick break to share something with you. I recently launched seven key steps to grow your clientele and wanted to make sure you've got it. And if you haven't, it's available for free over on dbfreebie.com. And you guys, I know that these steps work. And the reason why I know they work is because these are the steps that got me fully booked months in advance in under three months of moving to Calgary. I've done the trial and error. And believe me, I want to make sure you don't have to. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you. So if you're ready to be fully booked months in advance, head on over to dbfreebie.com. I think for anyone that's listening that is in the beginning stages of becoming aware of any anxiety they may have and not because I think that I lived so much of my life not knowing what it even was that it can it takes time to learn what works and what doesn't and like sometimes I need to go for a run just so that I can't think about anything else other than being present but it's the last thing I feel like doing yes I just started boxing again and it's great it's a great, that's a great example is mm-hmm. that like, if I'm throwing a punch, I, I that's all I'm thinking about. Right. right? <laughs> but at the same time, because I haven't boxed in 10 years and there's a lot of emotional shit around that. Mm. I also have almost like hysterically burst into tears in this room with all these 
like women that I don't know in a strange town and I feel like a fucking mm-hmm. idiot. You know, so that's also that's also growth. Yeah. Is sitting in it. Like I could run, I've wanted to run many times, but sitting in it, we learn that we're a lot stronger than we think. We learn that we can walk through things even when we may feel embarrassed mm-hmm. or or humiliated, which is what happens to me on airplanes when I lose my shit. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a grown woman, almost 52 years old, hysterically crying on an airplane. Everyone just shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was just chatting with people this weekend about like anxiety and fear. Well, anxiety is fear. And so learning to ask yourself, I usually ask myself, what is the fear? Like trying to zoom out of just feeling it and actually going, what's the fear? Because is there any actual danger? And then that helps me distinguish if it's something I maybe need to push myself, like sit in, be in, maybe stretch myself. Or if there's actual danger and this anxiety is like not safe, then yeah. But I was given that, is it a rational fear or irrational fear? The problem I have with that Mm. is that while many people may call my fears irrational, they're super fucking rational in my book. Oh, totally. So it's like where there's like, I'm in a movie theater and I, I couldn't go to the movie theater for so long. And my therapist is like, like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just feel like, like someone's going to run in the movie theater with a gun and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's really doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But then it did. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And so then in my anxious mind, I'm like, but see, I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew. So it's very, very, very troubling. And it is a mind fuck, literally. Yeah. And, you know, therapy for me has been, you know, in terms of the long game, the best, yeah. you know, best thing. And I, I get do get concerned. People with anxiety do not see that there is a way to live a full life with it. Mm-hmm. But it does require therapy. And yeah. I know that sometimes people are looking like, well, if I could just download an app and it's like, yeah, Headspace app's great, but anxiety and panic disorder is a mental disorder Mm -hmm. and that requires professionals, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I just, I know there's a lot of ways to quickly numb and, you know, just pretend it doesn't exist, but it's just not sustainable and take it from this old lady over here. (laughs) um, You're not old. It's going to catch up with you eventually. You know, so whether you want to do the work in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I chose my 40s. I mean, I didn't choose. It chose me. Um, That's when I had my, Mm -hmm. you know, my whatever you want to call it. But um, thank God, because at least that's behind me and I have tools. Yeah. doesn't mean I don't have anxiety. doesn't mean I don't have panic attacks. doesn't mean I don't have meltdowns. I do. Yeah. I do. And I'm alive. So yay. Yeah. And you're killing it. You're doing awesome. So awesome. Um, so that leads me into the next thing because you kind of mentioned it is unplugging. Now, mm. me and you both, I think, are big. Well, I know you're a big advocate for it. I just yes. recently unplugged for a full week, which was amazing. My boyfriend and I, for the last two years, have done a week in the summer and a week at Christmas. Um, and I should do it more often than that. But tell me a little bit about you do a challenge, don't you? Yeah, I started that last year. Well, you know, being in business, in the social and digital business mm-hmm. and having an online business, I am literally on the internet 24 mm-hmm. seven. And so, um, understanding myself well enough to know that first of all, 
um, workaholism, you know, is definitely, um, always going to lurk. And I have to be super aware of that because that is probably one of my biggest triggers Mm -hmm. is, is exhaustion and overwhelm. And that comes from workaholism and, uh, you know, numbing out to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so that's kind of always kind of circling around and then, this comparison thing and this losing perspective thing and this time suck thing and um, inefficiencies and, and, and all that. And then came the election. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Canadian, but I, yeah. <laughs> God That's, bless you. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I am, I mean, if anyone follows Passion Squared or, or follows me or knows me, I, I, I honestly don't give a fuck who you vote for, mm-hmm. but um, I am all about love mm. and kindness and, um, equality mm-hmm. and, um, rights and, um, all those things. And I have never in my almost 52 years, never seen anything like what happened right. in 2015, 2016. And meanwhile, I'm on the internet 24 hours a day, pretty much going, what the fuck, how am I going to run a business and empower the people that I love and take care of all my clients? when I just want to scream. And so mm-hmm. I began to start to study what was happening with young people and, you know, screen time and, you know, obviously very aware of the whole bullying situation that goes on with the kids yeah. and, you know, just really paying attention to all that that was going on. And when the election, all the drama in the election and the, you know, whole fake news thing started popping up and all of those things, I I really was getting concerned for my community. And I was like, how in the heck are we going to, going to deal with this? So I would take breaks every now and again, but it was nothing formal. And I just continued to feel this incredible angst and this fuck social and, you know, people Mm -hmm. getting so pushed over the edge that, um, that, that was very troubling to me because the internet is a beautiful, beautiful tool to use, to empower small business and to connect with a tribe and to connect. I mean, mm-hmm. Brene Brown says we're hardwired for connection and, and I believe in the connection online. You and I made mm-hmm. a connection online. I mean, pretty much the whole passion square community and I made a connection online. Right. So I am obviously a huge fan of staying connected and and all of that. However, if you get to the point that you are going to remove such an empowering platform for your business, then 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 there's trouble. Mm. So I started thinking of of ways that you know, well, how how could we manage getting offline? And then and then to be honest, what what the final straw was for me was the Me Too movement. And I was so triggered, like beyond triggered, Mm -hmm. when the whole Me Too thing started and I spoke with my therapist and she and I agreed that I had to get off the internet. Yeah. And we weren't quite sure for how long I had to get off the internet, but I had to get off the internet because I could not see one more fucking story. I just, it it was really, it really fucked with me. So I'm sure I will win the award for the podcast guest with the most. (laughs) 
I just realized that. Oh my God. No, I love it. That's like offended. It's all said with love and meaning. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? I run an online business. I show up every day online. And so that was actually really good for me to sit back and say, well, how would I do this? How can I remove myself from the conversation and still stay stay engaged with my clients? Mm -hmm. Because I have online coaching groups, you know what I mean? So it's like, I have to be online. So that's when I started to figure out how, how can we unplug? And, Mm -hmm. and so I kind of went through all of that and figured all that out. And then from there that inspired me to say, okay, wait a minute. Um, once I felt safe and strong and, and rooted and grounded, I came back online and I'm like, okay, this requires not just like get to the edge, freak out. This requires maintenance, just like anything. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the unplugged as fuck challenge was really about committing to maintenance, weekly maintenance of resetting, recharging, recalibrating, refocusing, reperspectiving, because we're all content creators. We're all storytellers. We cannot be effective if we are so plugged into everybody else's shit, or we're just plugged in in general Mm -hmm. because we don't, where's the creative time, right? Where's the creation time? Where's the thinking time? Because we're not thinking when we're scrolling. We may be engaging. And again, love it, love it, love it. I'm a big fan. (laughs) But, you know, just like anything, enough is enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And and because we are addicted by nature, we then become addicted to the scroll and addicted to the likes and addicted to the comments and addicted to the uh, recognition and addicted to. So weekly maintenance to me allows for not the big freak out. Not the big, I hate the internet, I'm off social, and I'm done with Facebook and all that drama. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't need to do that anymore if we commit to, you know, X amount of hours a week in a row. And so I decided I would start with 24 hours in in a row. So, you know, I would leave on Saturday morning and come back on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And, And what that meant to me was no posting, no logging in, um, no interactions on social. Now it doesn't mean I don't read the news on the internet. Like I could go read the news if I wanted to, but that's different than me engaging and posting, creating, you know, whatever talking. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, because I do have online coaching groups, what I've been able to do, if I have to, if I'm not prepared is that, you know, I have two Facebook groups, um, that, that I work with, with my clients and I can easily go straight to the group and not even look at the newsfeed. I don't have to post. I don't have to like, I don't have to comment. I don't have to do shit. I can go straight to, into the group. Now that takes discipline. Cause I know everyone's like, well, what's <laughs> happening? Like, FOMO, FOMO, FOMO. And it's like, there's no FOMO. Like whatever's happening, you're going to get caught up literally 24 hours later. Like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Like this last break I took over the weekends, um, there were a few engagements, a couple people are pregnant. Well, yay, I can still celebrate just 24 hours later. Like, come on. So, uh, so yeah, so I started with 24 hours in a row (coughs) and that worked great. And now I really enjoy the 48 hour again, the, the, the maintenance. Now I would have no problem doing another five day. I just don't need it right now. And certain times of business, it's not appropriate. Right. Um, 
but, but I, I absolutely now, because I been doing it long enough, I have the confidence and the understanding that get your shit organized, get everything set up, communicate. I actually wrote a blog about it that has kind of the steps that I take. Mm. Um, but you know, it's, it, once we start just like anything, once we start a couple times, you may have anxiety the first couple of times, but then you're going to feel this immense release, this immense relief, uh, joy, presence. And, and that's a gift because that's going to remind you that, oh my gosh, I can't wait for my next 24 hour break. I love being here. When I'm here, I'm present. I'm grateful. I'm super contributing. I'm adding value. I'm doing all those things. And then I super love when I'm not, yeah. you know, that to me is the ideal. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal. And what's happening more and more, and I'm studying this almost every day now, now all the big like digital people and the big thought leaders in, in digital and, and internet shit, they're all very concerned because it's mm. getting worse by the minute. Like we've all known it's bad and we all know the negative effects, but it's like literally getting bad. And that's why Instagram just introduced the, yeah. um, showing you your time mm-hmm. that you're on. And I also am using an app called moment Oh, and moment is an app. Now moment, it's a tough love app though. Let me tell you, because moment tracks all your time on the internet. Wow. And let me tell you, <laughs> it's disturbing. Does now, it track just course, on your phone or on your yeah, computer as all, well? Just your phone, just okay. your phone. It's all phone stuff. So it's, 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 um, it's, uh, tracked based on picking up Oh, picking up, and it tracks app usage. If you go to the, it's a premium thing where you go and you do screenshots every morning. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy good though. And I'm testing it cause I, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily, I'm not recommending it to everyone at this point, but maybe I am, you know, right. Because I'm, I'm constantly looking for tools and ways to help the community uh, better manage their well-being and their mental health and again, anxiety. I know that that Instagram and Facebook create anxiety for a lot of people or make people feel anxious. So, you know, I, it's such a gift to be there. Mm -hmm. And so as adults, we have to regulate and, um, find what works for us. So, well, that's what I love is that you, bring such a good perspective of balance and knowing that balance isn't something that you find and keep. I always think of it. I, I only work in analogies, but like if you think of a, whatever those things are called that you weigh stuff on, like a balancing a scale, thing, a scale. Yeah. we're the scale. Okay. There you go. Where like it's every day you either put something on or take something off one side. And so you're having to recalibrate and I, I think you help, well, I know you've helped me so much with that is realizing balance isn't something that you achieve and stay at, but it's a constant, you know, reweighing things and keeping sure that you keep everything in check. And it's not about like, I think it's a myth as, as you know, I, I really like to focus on rhythm Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, because it's what you said. It's like, some days are going to be fucking nuts. And the next day doesn't have to be. Yeah. And and you, and we are in control of our schedules. We're in control of our choices. We're in control of what we say yes to, what we, we say no to. Now, if you have heavy, you know, codependency issues and perfectionist issues and self-worth issues, you're going to be saying yes way more than you need to. And again, get your ass in therapy. Yeah. Uh, 
because it's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so most of the, um, the angst that, that comes is, and again, I'm speaking from experience, Mm -hmm. you know, perfectionism, codependency, workaholism, all of that. Um, the angst comes from us. We, we create it, we create it with expectations. We create it with behaviors. We, we create it with just, we create it. I, I remember very early on in my recovery, my, um, my, my therapist, or maybe it was in treatment. I don't know. They said, you, you know, you're, you are addicted to chaos, right? Mm. And I'm all, I'm, I'm all Zen peace, love. Cause I've always been that way. I've always been all about like, I was, had the self-help books in, you know, 1970, whatever. Like I've always been that person. Yeah. Clearly none of that fucking shit worked for me, but, but I've always had a passion for personal development and all of that. So I'm like chaos because my, my life was chaotic, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand that I was uh, um, addicted to it. I was addicted to the chaos. And, and in, in, in going through therapy, I realized that um, the reason that I was addicted to the chaos, why it made me feel quote unquote safe was because of my upbringing and mm-hmm. I was raised in chaos. And so there's this weird sense of familiarity and safety that comes. And so with that awareness and and over time, it's been 11 years since, uh, you know, I I learned all this stuff about that Leroy. That's Leroy. He always makes it. Hi, baby. (laughs) Um, You know, really understanding that that is, again, a huge trigger for me and Mm -hmm. and a a way that I can really protect myself um, in not a good way. Um, now I get anxiety from the chaos. So everything that I do, whether it's, like I said, I left my job and started, I mean, I, I left a high six figure salary, Mm -hmm. super high six figure salary (laughs) and went to zero, you know? So, um, I, I was that desperate. And so it's like, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, it's so cool that you move to like nature and you this, that, and then it's like, I'm just trying to stay alive. Not to be dramatic, but I'm not naturally a person that wants to just wake up and live every day. Mm -hmm. And so I have to fight for creating environments and spaces and communities and activities and whatever's that I can survive, mm. you know? And so if that means picking up everything and moving into, into the woods, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. So, you know, a lot of this, and it's hard because as adults, it's hard to own our shit, but you know, we, we, we stop pointing the finger when we, after we turn 18, you know, it's like children are victims. Mm-hmm. We're not. Yeah. That is such a mic drop moment, Nina, that I think I have so many other questions for you, but you just nailed all of that with that. So I'm, I'm going to leave it there because you're amazing. <laughs> you are such a uh, inspiration and I can't thank you enough for what you do, how you do it, and your love and peace that you bring to the world. It's amazing. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's um, my honor. 
where can people find you? At Passion Squared on Instagram, at Passion Squared on Facebook. Um, I'm Nina L. Kovner on Facebook and then PassionSquared.net, our website. We have a podcast. You can yeah. find it in iTunes and PassionSquared.net. It's called People, Passion, Purpose Podcast. Amazing. I will make sure to link all that in the show notes. Thank you again, Nina. I can't wait to chat again. Isn't Nina just amazing, guys? I could just sit and chat with her all day long and soak up all her wisdom and knowledge. She has so much to offer this world. And do yourself a favor. Go find her on social media at Passion Squared. Follow her. You will not regret it. And if you guys get a quick second, if you could leave a review on this podcast, that would be so amazing. Let me know what your favorite thing about this episode was. I can't wait to read them and hear what you have to say. And if you feel inclined, share this with your friends. The more people we can reach, the better. And that helps me keep bringing these episodes to you. Until next week, guys. See you later.